Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. <laughs> Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. That weird actor score in the game last night? <laughs> yes. What was his name? <laughs> weird actor, John Travolta. John Travolta, that actor. Did he score in the game last night? Uh, it appeared that he did. I think he got the fifth one. I think Cotter got the fifth, right? Welcome back. Welcome back. Because John Travolta Land. sing that song. TV oh, no, Land. this is the remix. There's oh. a lot going on today. I have not heard that. I was planning on using it as a rejoin, to be honest with you, but... Well, you still can. Yeah, I might. Not, I, I haven't heard that. Welcome back, Cotter. You'll, you'll, you'll find it on TV Land one day. TV Land? Does that still exist? <laughs> I'm hoping because... That's if I you... turn my TV I... on a channel and it's in black and white, I am not staying longer than two seconds. No, I, Welcome Back Cotter would be in color. It's just you'd have to find it. Yeah, but then you're, you might miss Clerks. Am I supposed to know what that is? Oh, dear God. <laughs> might as well start the uh, show. You're going to tell me this is a show about grocery store clerks? No, convenience store clerks. All right, same difference. The First Bite. kind of wished we weren't on the air for that. That's Oh, God. Are the Bengals and Raiders playing an elimination game? I'd like to say yes, really but I was thinking about this when I saw it. I don't know, given the scores you see week to week, who in the world's an elimination <laughs> game and who's not. I don't know who's. I don't even know who's any good. I used to think the Bengals were good. Now I don't think they're any good. But it's week to week with these scores. So I guess, given how bad the Raiders have looked the last two weeks, if you continue the slide and it gets in your heads, this could be an elimination game for them, even if it's in week ten of seventeen. But. The scores just make me believe that I don't know what's an elimination game anymore. Somehow the Titans, who are currently leading the AFC, are going to come back from their bye week and lose to the Patriots and tight or the Patriots and Jags, Jags, and then go on like a winning streak. And it's going to just be. So are the Titans good? Yeah. We don't know who's good in this damn sport. So the Raiders and Bengals are basically in the same spot. Uh, they are both five and four. They are both third in their division. There is a team in their division that we think should be good. Kansas City and Baltimore. We think those teams should be good, but they have some very head scratching results on the season. Football outsiders give Cincinnati a 24% chance to make the playoffs. The Raiders a 30% chance to make the playoffs. Neither team is really out of their divisional race, even if they lose this week, right? And both teams can jump up if they win this week and get some other uh, helpful results. But here's the bigger problem. <clears throat> the loser of this game is going to fall behind even further in their divisional race. And maybe more importantly, the loser of this game will not have the tiebreaker over the other team. Cause there's a good chance that the Bengals and Raiders are fighting for a wild card spot at the end of the year. These are two teams that are probably going to be around 500 at the end of the season. And if, you know, let's say the Raiders lose to Cincinnati, we get down to the final week of the season. If they're both 10 and seven, Cincinnati's going to the playoffs and the Raiders are staying home because Cincinnati won this game. So it's early for it to be like a true elimination game, but the loser of this one's going to have a long uphill battle to actually make the playoffs. The winner will be in decent shape. Not only will they keep pace in their own division, but the winner's going to have a much better shot in terms of a wild card spot down the road, too. I just think it's more important for the Raiders because what we've talked about all week in their slides the last two years and getting in their heads. And because I was out there a couple days this week and every 
it, in one way or another, whether it's Basaccia, the coordinators, Carr, the players, everyone was asked that question. Like, how do you avoid another midseason slump? I don't know or probably think the Bengals are being asked the same questions. So I think it's more important. It's more important for the Raiders to win this game so these questions don't continue. Because, by the way, if they lose this and those questions continue, they turn around in, what, four days and play out the Cowboys? You lose that one. You lose the next two. Well, you're probably not making the playoffs anyway. But then it could get really bad and just have a huge slide. Can I read you some quotes here? This is... Uh, I opened the show singing Welcome Back, Connor. <laughs> these are some Derek Carr quotes. Yeah, we're already... <laughs> we're having guests today, but we're still off the rails. <laughs> Derek Carr from five days ago. I think we're just a better team. Mm-hmm. We have better players. Another quote for you. Derek Carr from November 25th of 2020. We're definitely a better team. So for two years in a row... <laughs> He's walked well, around looking at, uh-oh, this season's falling apart. What's going to happen? And Derek Carr's been saying, you know what? Not this year. We're a better team. I mean, essentially, they could be better than the last time they were better, <laughs> right? I mean, they could. there's always room for improvement. So last year, you might have thought better, they're better. better this year, he thinks they're better. Yeah, next year, they'll be better. I don't know where he'll be saying that. He might be on a different <laughs> team saying that. Uh, I, I'm never surprised what Derek Carr says. He's always going to take the positive side. That's fine. I actually think they are better than they were last year. I don't know what that really means, though, the way they've played the last two weeks. They look a lot like – I think they're a better team this year, but the last two weeks they've looked a lot like the last two yeah. years. So you can be better and you can be more talented, but if you're going to perform like you did the last two weeks, no one's really going to care about that. Yeah, and it's it's a team that's fallen apart two years in a row, and it's a team that, given everything that's happened to them this year – it's not hard to see them falling apart this year if it's not already happened and they're done for, right? They, they might be done for already. Like, this team might just be done Jesus already. Christ. Like, it's a possibility. They've played terribly it's the last weekend. two weeks. And they've played horrible the last two weeks. And they lost their coach. They lost a wide receiver. And they lost, a, granted, he wasn't playing. It wasn't any good, but lost Damon Arnett. Like, it's they've completely fallen apart. And the season might be over already. Might just be done. Or they could beat the Bengals. And... <laughs> Hey, everything's good to go. Do, do you actually think that beating the Bengals is a sign of like, yeah. hey, we're trending if in the they right win direction? A game? Yeah, they just lost to the Giants two weeks ago. Well, I thought that was our barometer of, are you good? Did you lose to the Giants? You did? Then no. No, you are not yeah. good. If you beat the Bengals, yeah. you kind of make up for it. That goes back to your elimination game. I mean, I think if they beat the Bengals, like you said, I don't think they're fully back. But they're back enough to where you haven't given up right. on them. They're but they lose the Bengals with the Cowboys on deck. You can easily say that might be it. Yeah. Like, if they lose to the Bengals, their their main path to making the playoffs at that point is going to be to basically sweep the rest of the AFC West teams. Right? Like, they're going to have to beat Kansas City, Denver, and, and L.A. in those games, the, the remaining of the season. So, are they going to go 4-0 and the rest of the way against the AFC West? Probably not. They're probably not going to Kansas City and winning, right? Chargers come here. Eh, At Denver. Yeah, teams are similar. Like, probably not. But that that would be the path to winning, which is still you're technically not out of it. Excuse me, I think Denver's here. But it it becomes very tough to win all of your AFC West games at that point. Now, this game specifically, I am interested to see the Raiders against Cincinnati's defense because Cincinnati's been pretty good against the run this year. They're 10th by rush defense and DVOA, but they're just 21st against the pass. And Cincinnati doesn't get a lot of pressure. They're a pretty average team when it comes to pressure rate, and they don't blitz a lot. 
either. Now we know the Raiders offensive line has been awful and teams that don't always get pressure can get pressure against the Raiders, but it does very much feel like Derek Carr is going to have to beat the Bengals defense that he is going to have to overcome a bad offensive line and a run game. That's non-existent. And Derek Carr is going to have to beat the Bengals. I don't know if he can do it based on what we've seen the last couple of weeks, but I do think that's probably the most important thing here for the Raiders winning is Derek Carr being really good against this defense. I think he has a chance because someone named Mike White went for four Oh five. So I actually think Derek Carr has a really good chance of throwing for a lot of yards this week. Um, I want to see, because I I don't even know if he's still on the team, but I want to see, especially against a defense like this, that gives a lot up through the air, Darren Waller. I want to see if he can get the ball to Darren Waller more this week. Last two weeks, you didn't even know if he, was on the, if he was still on the team. The big thing with Darren Waller, because he's still getting like seven or eight targets a game. Like they're still throwing at him quite a bit. But there have been probably more incompletions when throwing at Darren Waller this year. But maybe more importantly, they're not down the field to Darren Waller. Most of the passes that Darren Waller is catching are, you know, within five yards of the line of scrimmage. And it's, hey, you know, Darren Waller's not going to sit here and break two tackles and run for another 25 yards when you just throw it to him five yards down the field. Like, there haven't been big plays to Darren Waller down the field. We haven't seen him run down the seam or run a deep crossing route and pick up 25 yards at a time very often so I'm fascinated to see can they get Waller open down the field we've talked so much about you know Henry Ruggs was the deep threat now they've got to replace that and is it Deshaun Jackson is it this Tyron Johnson guy they just signed uh off a practice squad like I think Darren Waller's got to be part of that equation like when it comes to shots down the field I think you've got to find Darren Waller 20 and 25 yards down the field for big plays because throwing it to him five and six yards down the field you're not I mean it's fine but you're not really doing much as an offense you can do that to Hunter Renfro all day all right, I'll give you a little preview. Hot take here. I want an immediate hot take from you on our props this week. Darren Waller receiving yards, 70 and a half. 70, 70? 0.5. Um, I think it's got to be over. I think it's got to be over. For them to win, yeah. Yeah, I think it's got to be over. If you're the Raiders and that, you walk that's out just of this no, game. Not for them to win, just that, that's yeah, just I the know. number. But no, if, you, I'm if saying, you're the Raiders and you walk out of this game and Darren Waller has like 32 yards or something right. like that. You've lost. Yeah. Especially against a team that gives up this much through the year. Yeah, I think that's, if you walk out, there's no way they can walk out of this without Darren Waller being a massive part of right. the team. Like, or massive part of the game. So, I'll okay. say, I think he's over, only gone over that, what, twice this year, right? Yes. He didn't have 70 yes. last week. He had in week one and, and then against yes. the Giants he did. So he's only gone over 70 yards, which is ridiculous to think out loud that a guy who has been like one of the best receiving tight ends in football two years in a row on a team that doesn't have a number one wide receiver and he's he's hasn't had but two decent days through but, the air. But they bracket covered him. They doesn't bracket matter. cover him. It doesn't matter. Get him open. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, it's, I don't want to hear any excuses. Throw the ball to Darren Waller. He's, he's your playmaker. I mean, Hunter Renfro's your nice little, hey, he's going to run some weird route and hey, touch down on the goal line. But not so much a route as an interpretive dance yes. that he sort of goes out there and just sort of feels his way around. And he's going to get open for a touchdown on the goal line. Great. He's gonna, why don't they just throw it to Hunter Renfro every short yard situation? Yeah. Stop this. Stop yes. running the ball. I, just, just tell Hunter Renfro, all right, just break his ankles and, and I'll throw yes. it to you. That, that's the play. Literally, when he, when Tom Brady had Wes Wilker, all he would do on the goal line sometimes is, Wes, dive at the dive. Once you cross the goal line, just dive to a direction. I'll throw it at the ground. And you'll catch it. <laughs> you'll, yeah, of course he'll catch it. He's five foot two. He'll catch it. When it's third and short, just go max protect and let Hunter Renfro run until the guy, not even run, just keep juking until his defender falls down, and then Derek Carr can throw it to him. 
I want nine offensive linemen, Derek Carr, and Hunter Renfro on the field on third and one. <laughs> That's what I want because I think that'll who's, be who's more eligible. Effective. No, I, you don't. Don't even report him as eligible. Don't, report don't even report him. The just, Brandon Parker is like, I'm in the game. Yeah. <laughs> just nine people blocking for Derek Carr. They don't have to be offensive linemen. If if whatever, if Cleveland Furl is a better blocker than your backup offensive lineman, put him in there. Just nine guys max protect for Carr and let Derek or let Hunter Renfro. And he'd still get open. He would. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He'd be Eventually, open, yeah. he'd be open very quickly most of the times. I mean, hell, yesterday last game he fell down and still got yes, open. Yes, he still got open. He slipped and still scored a <laughs> touchdown. Which maybe it was on purpose. Who knows? So yeah, just that should be the short yardage situation. Coming up next, the Golden Knights are rolling thanks to John Travolta. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Be part of the conversation on the Finley Kia text line at 69187. Finley Kia, come see a Kia on West Sahara. I still don't know why Cotter's getting welcomed back. Nobody answered that for me. Well, he scored. Then he scored again. Well, that was White Club. <laughs> the Cotter kid scored once, right? He scored the fifth goal. Listen, I, I've made a rule in my house <clears throat> that I turn on the Golden Knights game, I watch for a while, and then if I can't name <laughs> two to three players around the ice same time, I, cha- I turn to college basketball, which I did last night. So uh, I watched enough of but it. But Paul to know Cotter scored. I watched. Well, I, I the only reason I knew that is Jared tweeted, "Are we playing the song tomorrow?" No. At, or you Willie tweeted, Willie or, play it tweeted. That, oh, he tagged. Yeah, you. pops pops from yeah, here he was like, you. "Hey, we Jared need Justice. this tomorrow." Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. So I was like, "I got you." They so, keep winning. Is John Travolta Cotter? No, no. He's Barbarino. He's Vinny Barbarino. So you're Barbarino. telling me John Travolta is not even the main character of no. this old show? No. Gabe Kaplan. Gabe Kaplan is the oh, main. All right. right. Gabe so, Kapler. That's right. Yeah. Vinny Barbarino is John Travolta. So I mean, that does he does he is he like Cotter's best friend? Is he pumped he's back? No, he's, no, he's the clown student. Well, he's kind of the I mean, he's like the young, hip, good looking student, kind of the popular guy. You know, he's one of those guys with the leather jacket. Well, who's Cotter? He's the teacher. Oh my God! It's Ty- about a teacher. Yes, of course. Okay, yes, it's about a school. Right. Tyler, it would be like you going back to your high school to teach. Right. That's exactly welcome back. They wouldn't welcome me back, though. No, we're absolutely sure of that. Not even where you went to high school. <laughs> <laughs> they, <laughs> no way they're welcoming you back. But they welcomed Cotter back, and he went back and he I'm taught. Pretty sure I didn't get invited to my ten-year high school reunion. <laughs> This sounds like a bad show. It, you're, you're telling me there's a TV show about high school, right? And it's about the teacher. Uh, it's about yeah. how the teacher the teacher got out of this high school, and now he's back to try to like make the high school better. And he's just got a. You're telling me this. Is a he's just got a class story? of like degenerates. Yeah, that's the whole premise. He's, he's is got he's, a class of just he's buffoons. back, and he's got all these idiots. Yeah, they handed like, him the class of degenerates. And he's trying to make them into something. Does John Travolta get made into something? Yeah, a urban cowboy. <laughs> Is that a reference to a movie I haven't seen? Yes. He gets made into a somewhere disco my dancer mom. Somewhere Night my Live. mom is cracking up. <laughs> Saturday Night Live. He gets made into a disco dancer. All right, <laughs> Zach Whitecloud scored twice last night. <laughs> no, let's just keep talking about John Travolta movies. I Have don't you know seen... anything. I can't carry that. You conversation. haven't seen Face Off. 
I don't know what that is. Oh my God. You need to see face off. That's what they do in a hockey game to start playing. Exactly. Yeah. What the hell is face off? You need to see face off. Paul Cotter this would have weekend, a role in it because we're not sure why Paul Cotter has a role with the Golden Knights. Tonight, while waiting for the UNLV game to start, watch face off. Yeah, and you've got a lot of time for that. So you'll probably, probably can be watch, taking a nap. You can watch the entire thing. I am planning a nap into my day today so I can oh, absolutely. be awake for this 9 Absolutely, start. for the 9.30 tip. <laughs> I have to work the UNLV game. Me too. Well, we gave you the plan. You bring the air mattress in. How many? Uh, that's in case they. That's, that's on case, Sunday. Yeah, you're that's right, Sunday. Right. That's Sunday's. Plan. How many questions for uh, Kevin Kruger? Uh, Fifteen past midnight. <laughs> Good game, coach. Thanks. Probably a hundred. <laughs> Do you understand? Because... I have a toddler. <laughs> yeah. Have you listen? UNLV basketball post games. I don't know why there's so many questions, but there are. There are more questions for Kevin Kruger than any other coach in this city. Well, let's put a stop to that tonight. Every single UNLV basketball game, there's more questions for Kruger than any other press conference for any coach in this city. Are any of them, like, eligible for our question of the day? No, none of them are just hilariously bad. They're just, everybody in that media room's like, yep, I got three. Hey, at the under eight, we noticed that uh, this guy moved out of the post. What were, what are your thoughts yeah, on how that? Many, give me the percentage of legitimate ones. I mean, they're all like, I mean, not necessarily good questions. Specifically all, to the game? They're all fine. Yeah. Like, none of them are necessarily like just awful questions. Why would you ask that, you moron? But <laughs> like, but it's just like, yeah, we got it. Like, I do enjoy a good VGK press conference. Yeah. We don't we don't have enough moron questions. They're just which is even worse. They're just useless filler. So yeah, we'll be there till two thirty, just Kevin Kruger answering questions. How do you how'd you feel about Bryce Hamilton's game tonight? Well, he scored twenty two points. Listen, if I, he goes five of thirty and has eleven points, I'll ask him that exact question. Can you can you name drop me in the question? Yes. Yeah. Jared would like to know. <laughs> He's back in the studio sleeping. All right. I do have a fun Golden Knights fact. Though. I have two fun Golden Knights fact. The first one for you. The Golden Knights now have an NHL high 14 goals from defensemen this season. Um, I am curious your thoughts on this. Early in the year, we were talking about, oh, wow, they've lost all their forwards. They have, you know, Petrangelo, Theodore. They've got defensemen that can score. And they were using them more, at least trying to use them more offensively. But the Golden Knights were giving up the most high danger chances in the league. And sort of the thought process was there. Okay, the trade-off is you're trying to get more offense because you don't have forwards. But because your defensemen are so active offensively, right. you're giving you up, got a shot. You're giving up more chances. Yeah. Has that even, do you think that's actually paid off now because they are getting goals from their defensemen? Because last night, Nick Haig scored a goal where... He just he just skated into the slot. Like Detroit kind of forgot he existed. But Nick Haig just from the blue line skated into the slot. Yeah, the slot. shot was from Petrangelo. Yeah, got a rebound and scored. Yes. And then Zach Whitecloud scored a goal where he's at the blue line and all of a sudden he darts towards the net. Mark Stone makes a great pass to him and Whitecloud scores. But like those are that that's not Petrangelo and Theodore. Those are two like defensemen you're not expecting any offense out of who are just darting towards the net at times. It feels like that that gamble in a sense from Pete DeBoer has paid off now where, Hey, if I let my defenseman just go and do more on offense, yeah, we're going to give up some chances, but eventually we're going to start getting goals and it'll well, work out with someone like Theodore other than uh oh boy. Do you think a lot of it has to do with, he knows who's behind him. Leonard. 
No, like Petrangelo. I mean, if Petrangelo can stay where he's at and, and oh, yeah, he shot from the blue line and he kind of knows, okay, that guy's back there. I can dive in here a little. Right, but the problem is, you know, you're giving up two on ones. Right, right, is, right. Is the bigger issue where it's like, other yeah, than if you're playing someone other than Detroit. Yeah, well, yes. But like the problem is like, okay, you're out there with Braden McNabb. Sure, McNabb's gonna stay home and right. McNabb can handle a lot of things. But if they get a two on one. You're, I mean, you're giving up a high-danger chance most of the time when you give up two-on-one. I think a little bit more is about Leonard, honestly. That they, A, he's, been, him. he's been really good he's this been year. He's been terrific. But B, like that's that's part of the reason why they traded for Robin Leonard was to say, hey, bail us out when we do right. something bad. Or in this case, bail us out when we have to push our defensemen forward to try to score more. I think that's a lot of it, too. So it I... Kind of like that balance there, that it's maybe sort of started to pay off when we were talking but, so much about the high danger Don't chances. they have to? No, I, I mean, because the other option, they could have played. They could have decided, hey, we don't have any of our forwards. We are going to play the most defensive, boring hockey we can play and try to win one nothing. That could have been sort of the general philosophy, but it hasn't been. Their philosophy has been, hey, we, we still need to score three, four goals a game. So how do we do that? Let's get our defenseman going. So they, they could have gone the opposite way and basically packed it in. And early on, it looked like they probably should have done that, but they didn't, and they're scoring goals now. The other fun stat, this uh, from Sinben, Golden Knights have used 31 players already this season. The team record is 35. They've done that twice in year one and in year three, but 31 players already. Already, though. It's November 19th. Yes, yes. <laughs> they're going to break the record. <laughs> because there's two other guys from Henderson we've never heard of who are about to be called up in about an hour. They're on their way right They're now. on their way on the 215 right and now. And that Jack Eichel guy might find. Yeah, he might play. play. He might be good. That's possible. And then, you know, they're going to trade, make at least three trades at the trade deadline and bring in some new players as well. So there's your fun facts. Coming up next, Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus joins the show. He throws oh, across my. the middle, wide open Aguilar, takes the turn <laughs> across the five, right side of the end zone. Touchdown, Patriots! We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Joining us now from Pro Football Focus is Ben Brown. And Ben, I need some help from you uh, because I have this weird, I don't know what it is, dedication or, or feel like I have to. Why do I watch all of primetime NFL games even when they suck like last night? I mean... Sometimes I ask myself the same questions, but it's for it's for the betting and it's for the sports betting and everything else. I guess is the reason that I do it. So uh, uh, yeah, that one was that one was painful to say the least last night with the Falcons, and it was painful to my bankroll, unfortunately, as well. So, so kind of put the Patriots in perspective because everyone says, "Hey, who's the best team in the AFC?" And we hear the Titans and all these other teams, and no one kind of mentions them, which is worrisome for the rest of the league. Yeah, I mean, a little bit, right? I do think, you know, some of the things that they've been really good at, uh, people don't necessarily buy into long-term, but I do think, you know, Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, they are putting their guys in the best position to win every single week, and that's, you know, scary their defense. Uh, I thought it was a little bit overrated heading into the game yesterday against the Atlanta Falcons. Obviously, the shutout, uh, you know, Matt Ryan a little bit banged up, not all of his weapons available, you know, offensively. So maybe they still could be a little bit overvalued. Um, but I think, you know, what Matt Jones has provided offensively uh, has been good enough for them to win. It's just, are they going to be able to compete with some of these, you know, really quality offenses and slow them down while also scoring enough points to win here in the playoffs? And that's a question that I still think. Uh, is outstanding until we actually get to that point. So I'm not ready to uh, 
crown them. Yep, even though it was a really solid performance here in Week 11. Where's the prop bet on uh, Falcons quarterbacks to throw an interception at two and a half? Right. <laughs> we needed that? that one. I know, right? That was just that was probably the only lock of the night, I guess for sure. That was yeah, interesting. Josh Rosen continues to do you know what he's done so far in the league, unfortunately, and uh, you know there's. There's, there's definitely some core issues happening with that Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons offense, and I just don't think it's going to be right or really comfortable backing them here for the rest of the season. All right, let's go locally here. Looks like a little money towards the Bengals, minus one around town. Uh, we were saying before the show, or excuse me, in the first segment, is this a must-win for both teams, both five and four, third place in their division? Is it a must-win for both teams? And what do you think about the number kind of shading towards Cincinnati? Yeah, I definitely think if they want to make the playoffs, this is a must-win for both teams, right? Las Vegas, uh, we have both these teams right around a 44% chance at getting into the playoffs, uh, and they absolutely have to win, you know. And I, I kind of lean a little bit in the Bengals' direction. I just think uh, the Raiders are a really difficult team to back right now. Obviously, there's, you know, extenuating circumstances outside of what models can kind of take into account. Um, and we do still lean in the Bengals' direction quite a bit. I think they have the better offense. According to you know the metrics that we're looking at, uh, the Raiders really need to win defensively, especially uh, that front seven. If they can generate enough pressure against uh, you know Joe Burrow in this offense, that's the spot that they need really need to win in order to uh, you know win outright in this matchup here on Sunday. How do you handle teams that have stuff that goes on that you can't put into any sort of model? Like the Raiders are a perfect example when they don't have a coach and they have a wide receiver that's right. been arrested. Like, how do you sort of judge those things, or is it more or less you just have to sort of wait and watch them play before you do anything to them? Yeah, there's. I mean, there's definitely an intuition factor, right? Like, obviously, models are going to spit out. You know, we still like the Raiders over the last three weeks or something like that, but it's more of a uh, you can take a wait and see approach and maybe try and bet them more in game. Or you just kind of wait for some of those things to kind of, you know, suss out and, you know, become more obvious and more available to you. Things like, you know, is Deshaun Jackson, you know, a relevant replacement for, uh, you know, Henry Ruggs being out? Um, is, is the coaching situation kind of resolving itself? Or is there, you know, a little bit of things still brewing under, you know, under the surface that we're not necessarily taking into account? I think specifically with the Raiders, you know, a lot of those things still don't sit right or look right. So the only thing that you can really do from my perspective is to probably uh, bet against them, I guess, right now, unfortunately. Uh, the Raiders are horrible off buys. Cincinnati's right behind them. They come off a bye. Burrow was <laughs> terrible uh, his last game. Do you expect a bounce? I mean, you're shading towards the Bengals. I, I assume you expect a, somewhat of a bounce back from him. Yeah, definitely a little bit of bounce back from Burrow for sure. I mean, that was his one game where he hasn't gotten over the passing touchdown prop this season so far. So uh, maybe it's a little bit of an outlier performance, but I expect him to get right. I also hope, you know, some of the pieces in their secondary can start to look a little bit better. I know, uh, you know, PFF.com has a feature on Jesse Bates uh, coming out today where he's kind of trying to, you know, return to his 2020 performance this season. I think he's kind of a crucial piece uh, for them in that secondary, especially to have success against, you know, what Derek Carr has been able to do downfield uh, in this Raiders offense. So uh, more of the defensive performance I need to kind of see, uh, you know, better from the Bengals in order for them to be a legitimate contender in this AFC playoff race. Um, And I think that's kind of the spot that I'd be most looking for here on Sunday. Do you care about bye weeks? Do you think they matter? I mean, I think they matter a little bit from a rest perspective, but when you have two teams with like similar, um, similar, you know, rest differentials basically you know both teams coming out to buy them playing each other i tend to basically think that's a wash i don't really buy into the narrative of, of like certain coaches 
outperforming, you know, market expectations coming out of their buy or heading into their buy. I know that was some talk with like Andy Reid a few years ago. Those are the things that I don't really buy into from a buy perspective, but I do think rest uh, and how that kind of pertains to the, that particular matchup does definitely matter and is something that we definitely take into account with our modeling. Maybe game of the week. Uh, certainly what we saw from Kansas City last week, Dallas visits Kansas City, Kansas City minus two and a half, 56 in the total. So they expect some points. Uh, what do you think about this one? I, I was, well, I guess they're at home. So I was a little surprised on the number, but um, the way Dallas played last week. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, Dallas, I'm glad we didn't panic too much on Dallas because they obviously look back to being one of the best teams in the NFC. This is honestly, I'll say, my preferred Super Bowl matchup, so I'm hoping it may be a little bit of a Super Bowl preview. Uh, the odds and our simulation doesn't necessarily buy into them as the two favorites to potentially um, compete in the Super Bowl, but I do think this is definitely a very, very intriguing matchup. I lean towards Kansas City just a little bit. I was, you know, obviously impressed with their performance against the Raiders last week on Sunday Night Football. Um, I think, you know, with what they're kind of starting to do, especially with Travis Kelsey um, being able to do some of those tight end tight end screens, uh, high target volume, those sorts of things, I think that adds the element to the offense they've kind of been missing. Um, so I definitely lean in their direction. Uh, our model leans a little bit toward the under 56. I don't really feel comfortable playing that uh, in this particular matchup. So I think it's a spot where we're going to see, uh, you know, a high – offensive performance, a lot of fireworks, a lot of scoring here on Sunday, and I'm definitely excited about this particular matchup. What does Cam Newton do for Carolina, do you? I mean, that is that is a good question, right? He has obviously brought some like goal-line capabilities to that offense, um, those sorts of things, but still the downfield passing game is a spot that they absolutely have to win on, and I don't think that he necessarily solves that question for him. So uh, they're a team that just, I'm not buying into, I obviously, you know, like the Cam Newton uh, renaissance story or him returning to, you know, his glory days of Carolina, but I just don't think that that is actually going to be how that situation plays out or ends, unfortunately. So um, maybe they use him in, you know, some packages. It sounds like he is going to get the start this weekend, but I just don't think he is uh, all that much of an improvement over Phillip Walker right now. So I think it's just, you know, kind of a toss of how you want to handle the Panthers. Who's the real Justin Herbert? <laughs> that is a very good question, right? So the thing we've seen with Justin Herbert last year, uh, especially under pressure, his metrics were completely off the charts, right? He was playing so well under pressure, almost looked unsustainable. That was kind of our thing heading into the offseason. And that's the spot where he has really struggled this year in 2021. That's mainly the thing that's kind of changed with him is he's been really poor under pressure and the pendulum has completely swung in the opposite direction. So and we, you can kind of expect that, but you'd think he'd move more closer to the mean, mean side of things than, you know, all the way to on the other side of it. So that's the spot that's been really struggling for him, unfortunately. Um, you know, Mike Williams hasn't been involved lately downfield, especially. I do like the fact that they are getting Keenan Allen a little bit more involved. Um, but I think, you know, it does seem like it's a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde performance from Justin Herbert uh, in year two on a week-to-week basis. So, uh tough spot to back him against the Steelers as you know six six and a half point favorites right now I would lean in the Steelers direction even if you know we get another Mason Rudolph uh, game here for the Steelers you know in week 11. Is quarterback performance under pressure is that something that is usually repeatable and sustainable or is that something that varies a lot for most quarterbacks each year? Yeah it varies a lot it's, it's incredibly unstable how we usually evaluate things we want to see players perform really well in clean pockets that's the thing that you know, is consistently holding from year to year. 
under pressure things are the spots where we would typically expect, you know, a player to regress. So in Justin Herbert's case, uh, played really, really well under pressure in 2020. And that was a spot where it's like, well, maybe he, maybe he isn't as good as his underlying metrics or maybe isn't as good as his, you know, box score stats indicated in his rookie season. If he can't keep up that somewhat unsustainable play under pressure. And it seems like that's kind of the spot where he has definitely uh, taken a step back in his sophomore season. Uh, one one more for me. Why am I surprised at the number on Green Bay, Minnesota? I mean, as like a as a somewhat closet Minnesota Vikings fan, I'm surprised as well. I do think the Packers <laughs> should be uh, probably out to at least a field goal differential. It seems like the market is buying into the Vikings, though, right? It has moved from you know minus two and a half for the Packers down to minus one. Now I'm seeing in a lot of spots, um, and I just think it maybe. Uh, is overvaluing what Kirk Cousins has done so far, right? He is our, you know, PFF's number one graded quarterback, but he hasn't been asked to do very much, right? The average depth of target, really low, uh, you know, is kind of, you know, living off of some of these fullback, halfback, tight end screens and those sorts of things. And if they can get the ball to Justin Jefferson early downfield, like they did last week against the Chargers, that's how I could see them covering. But I just don't, um, I don't expect the coaching staff to unleash Kirk Cousins especially at home. So I definitely think the Packers are the play, and that's the spot that definitely jumps out to me on Sunday. Well, he is Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus. Ben, as always, we appreciate it. Yep, thanks. Have a great day. So there is Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus. All right, we got $100 for you to win. Thanks to Dollar Loan Center and Friday Football Frenzy. We are going to give you three games. You just need to pick the winner of each of those games. If you can do that, you'll win $100 than the Dollar Loan Center Friday Football Frenzy. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. 702-364-1100, your chance to win 100 bucks thanks to Dollar Loan Center. People watch, and people want to see you know, a little bit of respect and a little bit of doing things the right way. It doesn't mean you can't have fun, right? But there's young kids out there right now that are watching games, and what happens is you go to a one of these – sporting events and you might see some imitation going on that's taking it over the top you know I'm, I'm a firm believer in in respect and just kids growing and, and watching and we have a huge platform as leaders talking players and coaches so let's understand what the rules are let's do it the right way let's still have fun there's guy these guys are still having fun and not taunting you can still have a great time uh, but let's stay within the rules when we do it we're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff, live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. It is Friday football frenzy, thanks to Dollar Loan Center offering signature loans up to $5,000. Just stop by one of their 31 Las Vegas locations. We have $100 on the line today, and Sean is our contestant. All right, Sean, your first game is Cardinals at Seahawks. Uh, let's go Cardinals. All right. Game number two, Cowboys at Chiefs. Cowboys. And your Ooh. final game, Ooh. the Bengals at the Raiders. Bengals. All right. All right. So Cardinals, Cowboys, Bengals win. Sean, you'll be taking home $100. Good luck, Sean. Thanks. So those are his three picks. Uh, if one of those teams loses, we will roll that over and have $200 Boy. to give away next Did week. Did he go three Road teams, uh, Cardinals. Yeah, he did. He picked all three road he teams. He was uh, he was fast in that Dallas game. He was quick. Boom, yeah. Cowboys. Yeah, of course. Hope Sean's right. Patrick Sorry. Mahomes. That guy's. Oh yeah. Do good. we need to do any sort of? We need bet? to do a side one. Yeah, yeah we need to do a side one. You you guys want to do it right now? Sure. Well, except or, or do you want to take the time to figure out what you're going to bet on? He has no cash ever, and I am poor. 
You don't have to bet money. <laughs> well, that's okay. I mean, what else are we gonna bet? I yeah, like know. all right. Well, what yeah. do we want to? What? Do we... <laughs> Somebody's got to wear something. I don't I've got know. An, actually, I've got an actually, energy drink. Energy drink for Jared. And he's got a I p- I coffee mean, drink for me. I mean, I will say a pack of heaters is probably better off than <laughs> the energy right, drink. I'll get you a pack of heaters, and I've got the uh, mocha coffee drink. That's all right. All seven there, we go. there we is go. That it? There we go. Yeah, that's it. All right. Cowboys, Chiefs, good luck. I hope it ends in a tie. Obviously, I'm getting the two and a half. No. <laughs> Wait, does that mean does that mean he gets no. a, he gets a half of uh, – <laughs> Yeah. Like if 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 it ends in a tie, does he get half? You and drink half the drink and then give it to him. Yeah, and yeah. he smokes he half. Smokes half the nah, well, that's just... not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there's a big game. Ed this keeps weekend. vomiting. <laughs> there's a big game this weekend, Ed. For one of the most deep dive, in depth things we've done on this show, people listening, anyways, is we randomly selected a, an Australian soccer team to cheer for. That is incorrect. We didn't randomly do it. We specifically Yes. Picked. Well, we started to randomly select it, and then we chose the one to uh, most anger our one listener in Australia. So, Stephen, <laughs> who's our listener from Australia, he is a big fan of Sydney FC. Oh. Uh, we picked Western Sydney Wanderers, their biggest rival. They've uh, done this before, right? Done what before? When we've been on the air, they played each other before. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. this is this is, we this don't, is a repeat. We don't lose to Sydney FC. Okay, doesn't yeah. happen. Okay, um, their season starts uh, Saturday, twelve forty-five a.m. Pacific time, is the season opener in the Australian A League, and Western Sydney Wanderers play Sydney FC. Why to not? Open the Why season. wouldn't they? Of course, man. If you're really, really into the random sports that we talk about, you just can't sleep this weekend. No, not at all. No sleeping allowed. This is actually as soon as UNLV Michigan ends. <laughs> and Kevin this, Kruger has an hour-long press conference. This game will start. This and game will be starting right after UNLV Michigan. It's a great... It's actually, a, actually, if we had we planned this better, we should have sent you somewhere, like, to a bar to be like, after the UNLV game, come watch <laughs> Australian football with me. You imagine? I oh, well, will be the guy with bloodshot eyes. Well, at that time, you could have someone turn it on because nothing else would be going on. It's like, hey, you'd be on oh, every TV. Oh no, no, you can't because I've tried this before <laughs> to get this to get this. It's, on, ES, it's on ESPN Plus, so right? Oh, bar's no. got to have ESPN yeah, Plus. Exactly. I get. I mean, I have it. I don't know. Can I give them my? <laughs> ESPN Plus account to use? No, I think you go home and watch it. Yeah. Uh, so I just don't understand how no one has a that that weird connector thing to their phone, like where it makes it a projector. Because there's a bunch of bars here in town that have well, projection screens. Just literally, just set up someone's phone and project the UNLV Facebook game on well, the projector. Well, if they're smart TVs, you can just cast from your phone straight to the TV. I can do that on one of my TVs. Anything playing on my phone, I can send it to my TV. I don't know what cast means. Oh, I mean, I, I do know what cast means, but my my Samsung TV is too old to talk to my Samsung phone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what kind of television I have, so I can't talk to it. <laughs> it's a huge screen. It's that's all I know. Huge... Well, that's, it's, that's all it, I... it's black when it's off. <laughs> That's right. You're right. How did you know that? And then when I turn it on, I get the red screen with all the options of satellite TV, Netflix, um, Prime, Hulu, all those. And then I have to go over with the one Ooh. remote and hit it and then pick up the other remote. 
I have two remotes. See, and I was I was about to ask, do you have the designated Prime button? I just I, it just says Prime Video. On on the remote. On the remote. Your remote. Oh control. no no. Okay. Yeah. I have a Roku remote. Yeah, okay. I, I've got one. I've got one. It I've got say, one. I have Netflix, not Prime. Okay. I well, I've got it says button. that on it. On, yeah. My remote has a Netflix button, and if you press it, it opens Netflix. Mine right has away. a iHeartRadio button that I'm like. <laughs> You know that's my direct competitor, right? <laughs> Who has one remote? I got three. You do? Oh, we now I a... feel good because I had two, and I thought that was one of those things where you have six remotes? Yeah. How many televisions? Oh, I, uh, no, I just meant the main TV. The main TV has six remotes. Uh, if you count all the, tele- all the other TVs, probably we're in the double digits. What are you doing with six How remotes? How do you keep track of those things? One's for the sound system. One's for the uh, for the fire stick. One is for the uh, PS uh, PS TV, which no longer exists. <laughs> like, I've got a bunch of remotes. That, that's how we you... We have surround sound, but I don't know how to use it, so it's always loud. <laughs> but we do have surround sound. But I, 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 I think there was a remote with that when we first bought it. I just put it at the top level, and I haven't seen that thing since. So we we do very loud stuff at the house. No wonder the wife hates uh, the, the, the Dodgers. Yeah, the do- that's why the wife's always screaming <laughs> in the other bedroom. Turn that down! And somehow you're still yelling <laughs> yes, over it. Exactly.